My Dad's Encounters by Zemp O. My dad had a few encounters when he was younger. He first told me these stories 14 plus years ago around a campfire when I was in Boy Scouts. He was our scoutmaster, and we were camping up by the ape caves in Washington, telling stories around the campfire. I think his memory may have been jogged because one of the other adult leaders was talking about Bigfoot legends or cracking a joke. I can't recall which. From a skeptic's perspective, I can see how the place and timing of him telling this story may be suspect. But I have since asked him probably dozens of times to tell me his stories as they intrigued and scared me at a younger age. But I wanted to know as much as I could. These stories have never once changed. I even corroborated his two stories, independently, with my uncle and aunt, who grew up with him and were present when these events happened, and can remember my dad being scared. Science and journalism are both subjects I take seriously. I studied both subjects in school, obtaining a master's studying climate and environmental sciences, and minored in journalism, serving as editor-in-chief of my university's nationally awarded environmental magazine. My point is, I understand skeptics. And I understand the importance of vetting a story. I've done what I can to ensure my dad's stories are corroborated and relayed as he has told me them. I'm naturally skeptical. But I have to say, I do believe my dad to be telling the truth. As I've said, he was my scoutmaster himself a second-generation Eagle Scout, ASB class president, search and rescue volunteer, owns and operates a small business, and also has a second job where he interacts with the public a lot. The picture I am painting is one of a hard-working, honest man who seldom tells any stories, and of the stories he does tell, Virtually all are memories of events that happened. That's just how he is. He is not a liar, and he has not told this story to many people except for those of us who were around the campfire that night, and a half dozen of my friends that over the years he has only told due to my prodding. Ultimately, you're the one reading and judging. So have at it. Dad's Encounters My dad grew up in North Bend, Washington, on a couple hundred acres on the backside of Rattlesnake Ridge, the I-90 corridor through North Bend, and had a couple encounters. Somewhere around 1976-1977, him and my uncle, now deceased, would play in one of the lower pastures, 
one of their favorite games was to climb up these younger alder trees near to the top and then swing down. The trees would bend because they were so young and green. Anyways, they would do that. Sometimes they would climb up and be able to ride bendy branches all the way down, and other times the branches would snap and one of them would fall while the other laughed in amusement. They were both familiar with the sounds that breaking branches produced based on the branch thickness and location of the break. Thicker branch breaking equals a louder crack. So, one day, they were playing down in the alders located off the lower pasture, about 400 feet down slope below the main house. My dad and uncle were both in the trees at the time, and they had been horsing around for a bit, riding the branches and breaking them, when they heard something big coming through the trees. My dad says branches and logs were popping and you could tell they were huge logs. He said it literally sounded like a bulldozer driving through the woods or something plowing over big trees. My grandpa owned, operated, and logged his own land and owned and operated many heavy machinery. My dad wasn't just making a hollow statement. They jumped, climbed down from the trees. My dad remembers my uncle looking at him with a frightened look upon his face and saying, What is that? To which my dad replied, I don't know. They looked around and couldn't see anything. The crashing and cracking of logs came to a halt roughly about 30 yards from them. They still had no visual on who or what was rampaging through the forest towards them. It was silent, and they were scared. Then they heard the loudest and most ferocious roar they had and have ever heard. It shook them, literally. My dad says, like, really low, loud bass hitting your chest. They were both extremely scared and ran up to the house, not looking back behind them. They ran into the house and my dad told his mom, but she did not believe him. They never went back down to play in that lower pasture ever again, though my dad would have to walk down near the area to feed the cattle before school early in the morning while it was still dark out. He was scared every time, especially after his second encounter. Somewhere around 1980-1981, my dad's room was on the corner of his house and he had a large bedroom window with no blinds. Squarely below the midpoint of the window was his bed. It's important to note that out of his window he had a clear horizontal view for about 20 to 25 feet from a distance of about 20 feet to where he saw the creature. At the right end of his field of view, looking out the window, 
There was a group of trees from which a dirt road led down the slope to the barn and lower pastures. So he could clearly see, unobstructed, for twenty to twenty-five feet from the trees and partially down that dirt road, which led to the lower pasture where, years before, him and his brother had heard that roar and snapping of logs and trees. Anyways, my dad was asleep in his bed. My dad awoke because he had to take a leak. And as he got up out of bed, he glanced out his window. It was a very bright full moon, like a harvest moon, so it was not hard for him to quickly discern what appeared to be a large figure walking with huge strides. My dad froze as his brain tried to comprehend what he was seeing. His brain was running at a million miles per hour as he tried to rationalize what he was looking at. His first thought was that maybe it was the neighbor's kid, but he quickly dismissed that thought. As what would that kid, who was younger than my dad, be doing out on their property this time at night. The creature was also way too large to be the neighbor's kid, and the smoothness with which it walked was something my dad had never seen. It then dawned on him that what he was looking at was a Bigfoot. This thing was of gargantuan proportions, as my dad described it, he clearly remembers the girth of the creature. He estimated four to five feet across in the shoulders. His favorite description seems to always fall back to the as wide as a sheet of plywood. He recalls that it was greater than eight feet tall. He estimates up to ten feet. Through the chest, he said it had to have been at least three feet thick. He also states that it crossed the standard width asphalt road in two strides, and that as it moved, it looked like it was gliding because its gait was so smooth and controlled. Sometimes he will demonstrate the movement and length of the strides the creature took across the roads. He takes the largest steps he can, and his arm swings are accentuated and drooped seemingly low close to his knees. The height estimation he made was based on a roughly five-foot fence that bordered the dirt road that sloped downhill. The road led down to the lower pasture and feeding area, small barn for the cattle. He says the Bigfoot was at least a couple feet taller than the fence, as the fence's highest point came up to roughly its mid-ribs and lower peck would be. I say highest point because remember, the road and the fence were sloping downhill. He saw this thing cross his whole field of view in roughly five to ten seconds, taking roughly only two to three strides to transverse the unobstructed 20 to 25 feet that he could clearly see. I have asked him if he could make out 
any facial features, eye shine, muscle definition, etc. He says he could really only see the silhouette as there was a near full moon out. He seems to recall it having a thick chest, big shoulders and arms, though I don't think he could necessarily see any definition. My dad says the time was about 1.45 a.m., as he had one of those retro flip clocks with the flaps that lit up. He quickly flipped his alarm clock face down, because it was giving off residual light, potentially lighting his room up and giving off his location to the Bigfoot he saw just cross the road. He has said on multiple occasions, I was so scared. I lay down motionless in my bed. I was just so scared. I thought the thing could reach through my window and grab me. I didn't know what it might do. He laid there until morning light, which was excruciating because he really had to pee. But he was just so scared. He laid there until the morning light. I checked with my grandma and his siblings. His parents didn't believe him, but his sister and brother did. I verified that my dad told my sister and brother, my aunt and uncle, about the encounter, and she clearly remembers him being very scared. Whenever he tells the story, he still gets scared, and the emotion in his voice spikes a bit, like he is reliving it a little each time he tells it. And he is not a small guy, he's six foot two, two hundred and forty pounds, but he has no problem admitting it was the most scared he has ever been in his life. I think my dad's stories share many characteristics with many classic characteristics and descriptions of Bigfoot encounters. The smooth gait, long arms, broad proportions, breaking of big logs, a roar that you can feel on your insides. Remember, when he first told me this encounter, there were no finding Bigfoot shows on TV nor podcasts. My dad did not and has not read any Bigfoot literature. He was not familiar with these classic characteristics like some of us might be today. The only prior knowledge he had of Bigfoot was the Patty film and several articles in the local paper when he was growing up about people finding tracks in the valley by stream beds. <laughs> 